Hi, I'm Brenna Ardron, and you're listening to For Your Healing Pleasure. This life can be rocky, which makes healing a big part of it. I started this podcast as a space to explore all that promotes healing. Through the voices of guests, healers, and thought leaders, I hope you gain bits of inspiration for your own healing journey. I believe together we can heal. So without further ado, for your healing pleasure. Hello, everyone. Um, Welcome to the For Your Healing Pleasure podcast. I'm so excited to um, introduce you all to Vontae Clark. He's an amazing, amazing astrologer and thought leader in the astrology space. We met on Clubhouse. Um, Vontae, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone really quickly? Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Vontae Clark. Um, Yes, me and um, me and Brenna, we met on Clubhouse. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I like to start these episodes off with um, everyone's sun, moon and rising sign, since everyone's so familiar with astrology um, and kind of it gives a better idea of who that individual is. Um, right off the top. Um, so yeah, what's your sun, moon, and rising? So I'm a big opposition. I'm a big contradiction. I'm a, a sun in Taurus, a moon in Scorpio, and a Scorpio rising. Yeah, yeah. I definitely can see that Scorpio. I, I can see both <laughs> sides of it, honestly, like the Taurus yeah. grounding energy and then the Scorpio, like, intensity and the interest in like astrology and spirituality, um, for sure. Um, so I just want to start off with a little bit of, um, introduction about you and how you even got interested in astrology and how that was even something that you like made your life path and your journey. Mm -hmm. So when I was like uh, seven or eight years old, um, it just always was an urge and an itch internally to find out just more about life. Like, I always was curious to like, why am I here in this time? Why wasn't I born in 1881? Why wasn't I born in 1944? You know, why do I have these parents? Why do I live in this state, in this city? Why is it that like I can eat pizza and like it, but someone else can eat pizza and not like it. How is it that I can look at through my eyes and love the color red, but someone else can love a total different color without without being instilled with anything? You just naturally like this. It's kind of like when babies come into the world. No one told them anything. No one did anything to them. They just had their own personality without anything. That, that stuff always just was um, a big curiosity to me. And I always... Uh, wanted to know what was going on behind the scenes because I knew we were not just put here to just grow up, go to school, get a good job, raise a family and just die. I was like, it's, it's got to be more to this. Where do I come from? Where, where, what is this all about? And it wasn't until I was around like 11 or 12 where um, we used to get newspapers delivered um, to my house and I used to um, get the newspapers and I actually used to get them for the um, for the comic books or for the movie section, because me and my dad used to go to movies a lot. Or he would say, "Go look at the move. Go look at the uh, movie section. See what you want to see. What you want to go see." Uh, oh, so I would look at the comic book section, and then under that was the daily horoscopes. 
I didn't know nothing about it. It's just me continuously reading through the newspaper and I stumbled upon it and I saw my birth date range. And I was like, oh, so I'm a Taurus? And I would see the detailed analysis that they were giving on how that on, on how these particular individuals' days would go. And I was like, how are they able to predict how everyone's day is going to go between these um, dates? And what I would do is either every morning or after school, I would get the newspaper to try to see if my day went that way or or I would try to, uh, you know, at least see if I could pull something away from what the horoscope was saying, even if it didn't fully resonate. Um, and then that's when, the, and this was before the internet. So then the internet comes out and that's the dial up, the do, 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 do. <laughs> you know, that comes out. And then um, I'm on, you've got mail, you know, AOL is the hottest thing in the AOL horoscopes, AOL astrology. And, you know, I'm just on there, just going to town. Just, I'm just, oh, sun and black Capricorn, where is Pisces? I'm like, oh, it's just reading, 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 hoping nobody got on the phone to disrupt me. It even got so bad that I would, uh, I would, my head would be so down into the computer that I would look up sometimes and it was daylight. I would be like, whoa. And I would go in the kitchen and look at the time. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, whoa, how long have I, you know, been researching? But the whole time what I was doing with my research was, you know, finding out the physical characteristics, the, you know, the mannerisms and the, uh, the, uh, the character traits of each sign. And then I would go to school at this time, middle school and high school, and I would actually practice it on, you know, my peers. I would be like, oh, so a cancer, for example, um, ruled by the moon. They have moon-like features, you know, circular face, circular eyes, small hands, you know, stuff like that. I would go to school and I would be like, oh, that must, she must be a cancer because she's <laughs> short, has a round head, round eyes. And I would ask these questions. Are you a cancer? I look at how someone walks. How someone talks, how they interact with people. Are you a Capricorn? Are you a Sagittarius? And so the whole time I didn't know. Mm -hmm, while ahead. you were testing that, did you learn, uh, like, were you learning things that like, oh, this information resonates online, but this other thing I don't think is correct? Or like, did you do any of that while you were learning and kind of testing? Uh, yeah, yeah, because a lot of the learning really came through myself where right. where I was reading a lot about Taurus. So yeah. I was like, hold on, <laughs> some of this stuff doesn't ring a bell. You know, some of this stuff does, some of this stuff doesn't, you know. Um, but most of the stuff was pretty true. Or right. most of it was where I could see how they could come. Okay, I can see how that could be a, a thing, you know. But that's just, you know, on the sunshine level. And then that's when, you know, like I said, little did I know, I was just collecting information, right. you know, all my, just collecting information. And then, um, and that's when, like, I, um, that's when I got into my adulthood, you know, um, uh, uh, a traumatic um, family situation is what kind of pushed me into it um, to where it, it was a time in my life where I had to spend a lot of time alone um, mm -hmm. because I had to, uh, you know, I had to uh, remove myself from the environment that I was in. And um, I was in I was in a uh, place by myself, an apartment by myself, 450 square feet, just by myself. Just, just I went back to what I originally loved and what I originally knew, and that's when I really discovered the birth chart because I I didn't know anything about the birth chart at that time. Around 22, 23, I knew about the sun, the moon, the rising. I knew about those things, but I didn't know it was actual chart. Yeah. So when when <laughs> when 
when that got revealed to me, it was like a kid in a candy shop. I was like, what? Like you, <laughs> Mercury, Venus, Pluto, what, degrees, aspects. And then, and then that's when what really catapulted me into it was Chiron. Mm-hmm. I discovered what my Chiron was. So I'm doing all this research on Chiron. And then when I, when I, when I discovered that Chiron, uh, my Chiron is in the 10th house. And the thing that I was just dealing with in my life was exactly what my Chiron said. You know, Chiron in the 10th house, you're, you're likely to be lied on to law enforcement. That happened to me. I'm like, whoa, Chiron in the 10th house, you'll have issues with finding your career, you know, the proper career that you want to. When I got out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, you can teach me anything, I'll learn it. It even got so bad that I sent my uh, information out to like a mechanic school, tech schools, culinary arts school, medical schools. And I was like, whoever calls me back first, that's where I'm going with my life. <laughs> that's literally what I did at 18. And and I ended up in the medical field. You know, um, I ended up in the medical field. But that's the first school that called me back. Yeah. So when I'm seeing these things, when I'm seeing these things, I'm researching them, it just, it blew my mind because it proved what I already felt and thought as a child, you know? So I, now I'm back to where I was as a child, just like, wow, yes, we already picked a path, a destiny, a life before we come here. And now we're just living it out. Yeah. And it also sparked some anger, though, too, because to see that be revealed to me of what I felt as a child and the fact that I just went through this situation in my life, being lied on the law enforcement and, and having, you know, these tough situations with my family and my mom and stuff like that. I, it was kind of like a, a slap in the face because I was like, yo, so you mean to tell me I didn't have a chance? Like this was already written. This right. was already planned mm-hmm. out. So and once I discovered Chiron and uh, what it helped me do, though, uh, what astrology really ultimately helped me do at age 23 at that age was it helped me forgive. Um, it helped me accept the situations that uh, had happened. So what would take someone maybe 10, 15, 20 years to forgive their mom for? It took me three months um, just because it was a part of accepting what was already written and now saying, how do I turn this into um, turn this into something that can be of value to other people? And ever since then, it's just been my mission. I like more people got to find know about Chiron. More people got to know about their birth charts. More people got to know about all, all this stuff. And ever since then, I've just been. It's been an obsession and it still is. Yeah. I would love for you to like, because I think that that's so, it's so amazing to look at the birth chart in that way as like, it's kind of the roadmap of our soul's purpose, what we came here to do, what we came here to learn, what we came here to experience. But I can see why someone would feel dejected on one hand of like, why did no one tell me this to begin with? Or like, why would I need to experience these things? Um, Why would I have chosen this path? So what do you tell your clients when they're feeling dejected by aspects of their chart? So I always, the first thing that I always inform people is the existence of good and bad. It doesn't really exist. It's the duality of, of this life that we live in. It's just, as humans, we've created a perception um, in, into the reality of what good and bad is, because we need to label 
you know, what's going on. We need to have a label of that is a bad thing and that is a good thing. So I always um, first establish that there's really no such thing as good and bad. It's just your perception. So then when I'm looking at the chart, I'm always, I'm always trying to get um, to help the client gain understanding that these things didn't happen to you. They happen for you. They're giving you all the tools that you need and all the experience, all the wisdom, all the knowledge that you need to be able to take these things and, and to build your legacy and to give back to other people. Because ultimately what we're here to do is to continuously add value to other people and add value to this earth and add value to this existence. So I'm always trying to get them to change their perspective about the situations that they've gone through. And if you can come to peace and come to terms with uh, some of the things that you've gone through, you can now um, utilize them in a more productive way to where they're no longer a hindrance or a bother to you. And now you're just like, okay, how can I be of service to you? How can I help you? How can I add value to you today? Because I'm just going to use uh, the things that I've gone through to be able to help you on your journey. So I'm always giving them a change of perspective, a change right. of outlook on their, uh, on their events that have took place in their lives. Which, yeah, which is such an important perspective to have because that's really kind of the path to, it, it's interesting, the more I learn about astrology, the more you really see how each aspect of the chart kind of comes in phases of like, they're very important pieces that all like, if you get into alignment at each step, then it opens yeah. up your soul's path. Um, exactly. I, yeah, I want to start with um, talking a little bit more about Chiron because I feel like it's not something that is discussed very often, but I know that it's a favorite of yours. And I think it's <laughs> so important for people to know about this aspect of their chart. Yes, Chiron is one of my favorites. Like I said, Chiron is the whole reason why I'm, I... I met you. Chiron is the whole mm -hmm. reason why you found me on Clubhouse. Chiron is the, the, the reason why me and you are sitting here talking today because, um, like, even in my chart, Chiron is conjunct my midheaven. So if you know anything about the midheaven, that's your career. Mm -hmm. And a conjunction is almost like two things becoming one, combining the energies. So with Chiron, Chiron is an asteroid. It's a centaur. It's not a planet. I, although I think that uh, one day it should be classified as a planet because of the the uh, effects that it has on the on the human um, experience that it should be classified as a planet. So Chiron is, is defined as the wounded healer. So ultimately what Chiron does is it, it places this trauma, it places this wound, it places this thing that seems so unfair um, in our lives early as a child. And we typically experience these things through, um, you know, um, emotional trauma, some type of mental, physical, um, or sexual trauma, or, or just anything, any, anything that's, that we deem as unfair as a child or that we deem as traumatic as a child. It's not until we're about 16 or 18 to where we're like, whoa, hold on, something's not right here. Like, this is not <laughs> normal the way things are going down in my life, rather it's you being bullied at school, rather it's mom being verbally abusive, you know, whatever the case might be of some of the things that you've dealt with. Um, so ultimately, really what the goal of Chiron is is for you to go through these experience, experiences, because if you look at Chiron in your chart, it literally looks like a key. Mm -hmm. And I like to say that Chiron is the key. 
So it, it gives you, I like to say it gives you the license, the PhD, the master's degree to help people and give back to people in that same exact area that you experience some type of pain or trauma. So by it being called the wounded healer, ultimately what we're supposed to do is go through our path of healing, uh, our path of shadow work, our path of, of forgiveness and acceptance and reconciliation so that we can be of service to other people. Um, and that's the ultimate goal of Chiron. It shows up in so many different phases in the chart. Yeah. And I think that it's important. I want to say to everyone who's listening, definitely get your chart read um, by Vonte. Yeah. But I think that it's so important to like a lot of people will kind of try to DIY doing an astrology chart reading. Um, which if that's what you have access to, that's better than nothing. But, um, I want you to kind of, um, talk a little bit about how important it is, like exactly where in your chart, your, I mean, anything is, but your Chiron is in comparison to other things, what house it's in kind of what all of that stuff means. So that's the, really the most important part is the where. Um, even before, because even before we get into the sign, because you know traditionally we all know the twelve zodiac signs, right. but there are a lot of people who are like houses. What is the houses? So just like we have twelve zodiac signs, we have twelve houses, which pretty much set the stage for the events and um, the, the 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 events and the places in life where things happen. You know, whether it's the fifth house in 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 high school, whether it's the ninth house in college whether it's the 10th house in your actual career or the sixth house with your health, you know, these houses are very, very important. So, and where Chiron is placed tells you a lot about um, what area of life were you affected as a child and you continue to be affected even as an adult and through your whole life because it's important to know that Chiron is the healer, not the healed. You can never fully heal because those ex- those experiences will always be with you, but you can make a decision to be the healer. So when we look at Chiron in the chart, um, we can now have a big indication on some of the subconscious wounds that uh, an individual may be dealing with that may um, also lead to certain road blockages in their lives as well. Because I like to always think that the subconscious is really the things that are creating the events in our lives. And if we can rewire those and then we can gain an understanding on, on those uh, unconscious motivations, uh, we, we can be powerful as all get out. So mm-hmm. the placement of Chiron in the house, I would say, plays a heavier effect than the actual sign. I like to tell people, look at, um, we could put it in, the, I'm a tourist, so let's put it in food terms. Each house is like a certain part of the chicken. You got the wing, you got the breast, mm-hmm. you got the thigh, you got a drumstick, you got all different types of stuff. But when we start to get, that's the houses. When we start to get into the signs, the signs add the flavor. You know, Taurus can be barbecue sauce. Gemini can be sweet and sour sauce. And then now we know the type of wound and the type of uh, situation that we're dealing with here and the area of life that is that, that you've been affected in. Um, that's very important to know the area of life because we can get an incorrect read, read on where someone uh, may have experienced some type of trauma. Yeah, so... I hadn't heard, but I want to learn more about the time periods in a, um, in respect to the house. Like, 
different houses being associated with different times of life. So does that mean that like the Chiron can show up like late, much later in life? And some people are, is it typically periods in childhood still? So Chiron itself shows up in childhood. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Chiron is that it always stays with you. And so it never really leaves you. Right. right, because let's 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 do an example, right? Let's say, for example, someone has uh, let's do let's use my chart, um, Chiron and Virgo in the tenth house, right? Mm -hmm. So it shows up in childhood when you have Chiron in the tenth house. These individuals, they probably went through some experience where dad was either absent or overly strict. Um, these these people went through uh, situations where. Uh, their parents uh, maybe were not that accepting of their career. Their parents were very cold and harsh. You know, Capricorn, Saturn, like things that take on the energy of this particular house. Now, when we put it into the context of Virgo, now we know that we're dealing with work and we're also dealing with our daily routines. We're dealing with our health. We're dealing with the way that we take care of ourselves. We're dealing with uh, parents maybe being critical or overly judgmental towards you. So, these things can show up early in life. You know, parents being critical, judgmental, father probably not around, mom or dad probably extremely cold and harsh towards you um, verbally in some kind of way because we know that Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Mm -hmm. So now we've set the stage to where, okay, this is what happened to you as a child. So then as you continue on going on through life, you're still being affected because Chiron in the 10th house still has to play out. So Chiron in the 10th house, like uh, kind of like what I said, with my, with my life, um, can lead to you being not sure about what you want to do for a living. Mm -hmm. See, that shows up around like, you know, that shows up a little later. Right. It doesn't, you know, you know, I'm not going to feel that way at eight, but I am getting an absent father at eight, you know? Right. So at age 18, at age 18 is where the wounds of seeing your friends or your peers know, go off to college, know exactly who they want to be. And then you're like, but what am I going to do when I get out of high school? That's mm -hmm. another wound. That's yeah. another pain. That's another trauma. And then it can manifest. Okay, then we're going on in life. We probably have found our career. We probably have gotten ourselves together in that area. Now Chiron and Virgo can can lead to you being um, having instability in your jobs. That's mm -hmm. always going to make you feel a certain way because you're like, wow, I see so many people. They have a job. They're working. They have a family. They're taking care of their family. And I keep bouncing from job to job to job. You know, and that can affect you. Now you're 23, you're 24, and you're like, yo, what is going on? Chiron and Virgo also can manifest as someone who has problems with their planning and scheduling and routines. They can't get to work on time. They can't keep their house clean. They can't, it's just like, ah, oh, I can't make it to my doctor's appointments on time. Something <laughs> always happens to make me late. Why can't I get this together? And then subconsciously, you feel like you always got to get yourself together. There's something wrong with me. Chiron and Virgo makes you think that something fundamentally is always wrong with you or that you were wired incorrectly. And later on in life, Chiron and Virgo can hit you again where you have these health problems and the doctor doesn't know what is wrong with you. They, you go to the doctor, doc, I got these pains in my neck. Let's take a look at it. We don't know what it is. You go back again. We don't know what it is, but your neck is killing you, you know, because Chiron <laughs> and Virgo is the health. So it's just, it's just Chiron constantly is like a poker. It's just like poke, 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 poke. It never goes anywhere no matter what sign or house you have it in. Um, because we also, this is where we get into some mental health aspects and some psychological right. aspects of it when we start to talk about um, 
trigger points. Something may come up with a friend or a family member that may trigger you to, to that make you think about that time where your mom or your dad was cold or harsh to you, or they said something to you, you know, that didn't make you quite feel good. You may be 30 now, but that may trigger something in you because it never goes anywhere. Right. It's so interesting because my Chiron is also in Virgo. <laughs> so there's definitely a oh, lot really? of, uh huh. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities um, about what you're saying that I've experienced, um, especially the scheduling issue. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But um, what do people, so people find out what their Chiron is, they get their chart read by Vonte, they figure out exactly what it is, where it is what do they do next? Like, how do you go about starting your healing process with Chiron? I know it's dependent on where it is, but where can people start with that? So I feel like a big part of the healing process is the the acceptance of your journey. I like to call it owning, owning your journey, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that this is your path, that this was given to you. This is this is yours. Yes, this is reality. You're actually dealing with this and you have actually dealt with these situations. I think that's a big first step is accepting that this is my life and coming to peace and coming to terms with these are the things that are taking place. And also, I'm big on helping people understand not to beat yourself up because sometimes when, when we feel like we should have done this or we should have done that or why didn't I know this? Why didn't I know that? Why did I allow this? We end up having this, we end up guilting ourselves all our lives. Mm-hmm. Even, even I've seen in, in some um, instances where people are, you know, up in age, 50, 60 years old, still guilt, guilting themselves from something that happened when they were 25 or maybe not doing something or doing a certain thing. Um, at a particular age or allowing certain things to happen to them. So I also help people understand that, you know, stop guilting yourself, stop beating yourself up. You're, you're not a bad person because you allowed, you know, you didn't have the awareness uh, at those particular times in your life to, to navigate through the, the turmoil that you were dealing with. And now you have to, you know, now we take the step into uh, understanding that now that we have this awareness now, all we can control everything going forward because we are aware. We were we were like little pawns when we were not aware. We were at the will of everyone else. Right. But now when you have self-awareness, you can make a decision today to say, you know what, I have this self-awareness. I'm gonna start my forgiveness, I'm gonna start my reconciliation, I'm gonna start my shadow work, whatever department um you're in and on your journey, and say from this day forward, I just choose to do better know better and not be a victim of my past or not allow my past to condemn me Um, and uh, making peace with with any people that you feel like may have uh, wronged you in any kind of way. That's very big. Uh, That will release you so much. I can't tell you how much of a release that will be. Yeah. Um, And that's what I really help them understand. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many more resources out there now with regard to shadow work, neuroplasticity, like there's so much that you can do um, to be able to, you know, change your mindset, your perspective, your thought process, rewrite some of those old memories so that they don't have that same charge. Um, Yeah, but knowing about it can be helpful because then you can actually 
move forward, like move forward. You can know like, okay, that's why that was happening. Now I can kind of work with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so I want to segue a little bit into my favorite part of astrology, which is North node, South node. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, again, related to like, I mean, I'm obsessed with like past life stuff. So there's a little bit of that in the South node, but even just like more about the soul's path and soul's journey. Why is it important for people to know about their North node and South node? Now the North node and South node is extremely important because ultimately what the North node and South node tell us is our soul's journey. It's our whole reason for even being in who we are it's, it tells us the the journey the destiny the path that life wants us to to embark on in this lifetime it's telling us what our soul what our spirit wants to accomplish what it wants to experience that's what the north node is right and then contrary to that i love how the birth chart it it, it outlines it for you it shows you where you should go and where you shouldn't go it's kind of like a map it's literally like a map. You got stop signs. You got do not enter signs. You got uh, green light, red light. You got all that. So the North Node says green light. And uh, South Node says red light. Not all the way. Not completely. But it's saying, you know, kind of stop. Now, the South Node kind of, I like that you said that. It shows you a lot about your past life. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't, don't, um, who don't um, resonate with that, it shows you your past because when we come into this lifetime, um, taking on the skills and taking on the conscious awareness of our South Node. So wherever our South Node is, we've already mastered that. We already we already know that. We already are good at that. We're already comfortable here. Um, and like I said, it's an indication of what you did in your past life. Mm-hmm. And it's also an indication of what you did in your past. Typically, we, we operate in our South Node as a child, even in our early 20s, and it's, and it's not until like after our side of return, depending on the person, um, to where you start to uh, make that make that push towards the North Node. Because life is always trying to push you towards your North Node. Yeah. So those things are very important, um, very extremely important because no matter how much money you have, no matter your career, no matter your the house, the car, no matter if you can have the most perfect marriage in the world, if you are not going towards your North Node, you will not be fulfilled. You won't. It's, it's impossible. Um, life is going to purposely um, do, do things or take things away from you so that you can go towards your North Node. It's extremely important. The, probably the most important component of the chart, in my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy because I forget. I mean, I think this was before I even learned about North Node and South Node. But it made so much sense to me because um, my north node is in or sorry, my south node is in Taurus. My north node is in Scorpio. And up until. Yeah. (laughs) um, Up until I was like, I graduated from college, decided that I was going to be in hospitality in some capacity worked in hotels, worked in restaurants, wanted to start a food blog, was always interested in fashion, like throughout college thought I wanted to do fashion PR, but then decided I want to do, didn't want to do that. 
all of it was in that like very Torin material, like kind of hedonistic, all the food, all the drinks space. And there was something that was always not quite right about it. It would be like mm-hmm. I'd intern someplace in a fashion PR internship. And I was like, I don't like this. And then I would work at a hotel and it wouldn't be exactly what I dreamed it would be. And then I worked at a restaurant and I hated it. And like, it started just feeling more and more wrong. And I was like, but this is what I want to do. This is everything I love, like da, 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 all this different stuff. And then I was completely <laughs> rock bottom out of that and found spirituality. And it's so much clearer now, like why that is and there are aspects of my path that became much clearer once I like eventually came to realize what the North Node was. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense that this would be happening, you know? But um, I feel like I want to kind of segue into um, Saturn return as well, because I'm 27 now. So I'm kind of in that percolating phase of Saturn return. And a lot of my friends are too. And I want to kind of learn more about how people can navigate that. I think so many people are so get so afraid of the Saturn return. Um, cause they hear about it and they hear it's going to be horrible and all this different stuff. Um, but I just yeah. want you to shed a little more light on that. Cause I think that's an oversimplification <laughs> probably. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so what ends up happening is it's crazy how, you know, um, it's just crazy how we're so influenced as humans. You know, I always say, isn't it so ironic how we came into this and this earth and, you know, everything, everything in the world, anything you buy, anywhere you go has some type of instructions to it. You buy an iPhone, it has instructions. You have, I got a little light right here, it has instructions. Your love seat has a little tag attached to it with <laughs> instructions. We are ours. We were given a Bible, a Quran. We were given this. We were given go to church, listen to your teachers, listen to the government, listen to this. Nobody gave us the manual to us. So then what ends up happening is when we get into our 20s, we're tricked. We're bamboozled into believing. Drink as much as you drink. Go out and date as many women, as many men. I mean, many women, as many men. Go just have a ball, travel. Your 20s are the time of your life. Yeah. And that's actually not true. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. The 20s are the time where we're supposed to build and then we're supposed to drink and party and do whatever we want in our 30s after we've already laid the foundation. Mm. And there's no need to fear Saturn because Saturn, nothing, all Saturn is, is the planet of what we need to take our time on. Mm-hmm. Now, Saturn is the planet of you ain't going to get no free lunches. Go over to <laughs> Venus land to get a free lunch. Go over to <laughs> Neptune to get a free lunch. You have to do some work here. You have to be disciplined. There's going to be a sense of delayed gratification. There's also going to be some blockages and some roadblocks and some, some difficulties and some challenges here um, in terms of the sign and the house that uh, Saturn is in. And, of course, the aspects and degrees play a role, too. So there's going to be an element of difficulty as well. But... Saturn's rewards are long-lasting because Saturn deals with legacy. 
Saturn deals with things that are long term and that last and that are solidified. So when we're prop when we when we have proper understanding of what Saturn actually wants to do for us, Saturn is like go to practice and you'll be the greatest NBA player ever. That's Saturn. Mm -hmm. But some people don't want to go to practice. So what ends up happening is when they do hit age 29 and a half, going into 30, what ends up happening is because they've been partying, drinking, doing all the things they wasn't really supposed to be focused on, that's when Saturn brings the hammer down and says, oh, we need a little bit of course correction. Right. Because the Saturn return is, is when the universe deems us as adults. See, the government deems us as adults at age 18 and 21. But the universe <laughs> is like, uh-uh, you're not a grown woman or a grown man until after your Saturn return, which is age 29 and a half to 30. And that's when we actually step into adulthood. So Saturn return is nothing but a course correction. But if you understand your Saturn return and you've been putting in the work, um, depending on the house that it's in, Saturn will give you an abundance of, of it will just unlock so much to you. It, it'll be, it'll blow your mind. But, but typically the reason why you keep hearing a lot of horror stories is because you're, you're probably hearing them from people who, who didn't, you know, quite have things lined up properly going into their Saturn return. They were not focused on the right things. They were not headed in the right direction. Okay. And all Saturn, like I said, is, is a course correction. It can be a course correction. You, you have a choice, though. It can be a course correction or it can be a reward, a huge one. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like my friends that have been asking me like, oh, I just found out about Saturn return and what do I do? I've been saying to them like, do do your work now. If you feel like there are aspects of your life that are out of alignment, that aren't working, that aren't like serving you, now's the time to start getting ready to like set those boundaries or make clear what you will take and won't take or, um, you know, do that shadow work or do that reparenting work because it's going to help to, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, ease the pressure isn't even the right word. Cause yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but it's like, if you're like to use an example, like if you're planning on running a marathon, most people wouldn't wake up a week before their marathon and be like, okay, better start running, figuring out how to run this marathon. Otherwise it's going to be a really fucking hard marathon. It's going to be horrible. Exactly. But like, if you're like, oh, I'm running a marathon in three months and I've never done that before, six months or whatever. I don't know how long it takes to train for a marathon, but You'd start training and being like, okay, like I have to study on how to train for a marathon and I have to create a running schedule and I have to do all of this different. I have to take the steps necessary to be able to be ready for this race. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're not taking the steps necessary, then it's like the universe being like, okay, the marathon's coming. Like, let's get you shape but like let's figure out how this is gonna work exactly yeah exactly you you said it said it so right i mean it's it's it saturn is a beautiful thing it is it's it's a part of making a, making us whole and complete because if we 
were just so if we didn't have a Saturn, we would just think life was just, you know, that's just fly by night. I don't have to do any work. I'll just, you know, I'll just breeze through life. And Saturn is like, no, 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 no. And nine times out of 10, the, with, and that's not even nine times out of 10, it's 10 times out of 10. Um, Saturn is always perfectly placed um, for you to develop in that particular area of life that's always, uh, that's always lending some type of uh, benefit for your purpose and your destiny. So it's like you need to really work on that particular area um, to, in order to really uh, be whole for your journey and be whole for your, um, your purpose or whatever you feel like your destiny is. You need that. It's, it's, it's very, it's like sharpening your tools in an area, uh, area that you're weak so that you can be better for the long haul. That's what Saturn really wants us to do. Yeah. And what's, amongst other things. And amongst other things. Um, something that I just, I mean, it only makes sense, but we have multiple Saturn returns in our lifetimes now because mm -hmm. we live longer. So you could have two or three Saturn returns. Mm -hmm. um, do they have different themes generally that like, or is it dependent on the person? How does the second Saturn return look different than the first one? So it's definitely it's definitely dependent on the person because mm -hmm. I like to say that Saturn returns are a checkpoint. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, now, it's like when we were at school. All right, time's up. Hand in your papers. Let's see what you did. Mm -hmm. That's Saturn. So Saturn is basically... You know, in your 20s, it's like, okay, let's look over your paperwork. Okay, you did this, 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 this throughout your 20s. Okay, not good enough. Rip it up. Now you got you to gotta go to a whole different class. Go down the hall, go to the right, go to the left, go here, go there, go there. That's where you're supposed to be. And then the second side of return is basically just revisiting you again to say, hey, what have you done lately? What have you, are you still in the same place? Are you still doing the same things? Have you still, have, did you go back to the old, you know, where are you? And it's also the second side of return is getting you prepared for that latter part of life. Mm -hmm. So yes, it definitely takes on a different theme because, you know, at, at, at the second side of return, we probably, our kids are grown. We're probably, you know, trying to, trying to maneuver into retirement, you know, different things like that. Um, so it's like, it's a total different, uh, mindset, a different mind frame with the second side of return for sure. So they're definitely different, but the first one is so pivotal. Yeah, definitely. Cause you hear a lot about like people have kids during their first Saturn return or get married yeah. or, um, I have some, you know, people that I know that like have already been married and divorced. Like, um, that's another thing that I want to ask you a little bit about, like, so I hear that you, from your story, that you had like a very pivotal, like kind of rock bottom moment at 22, 23. I had a similar one. Now that I'm thinking about it. I think I was like 23 or 24. Um, mm -hmm. What is that? Is that another like Turan or something? Or is it like? Yeah. Okay. It's a, uh, it's. It's, uh, and it's crazy because I love working with, uh, uh, like, people who are 19, 20, 21, because mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in these <laughs> next two years. Right. You know, because typically this is where you enter into 
uh, depending on how the chart is aligned, you hit some Pluto squares, mm. you hit some uh, Saturn squares, Saturn conjunctions going on here. You know, just a bunch of different things going on in the transits. But ultimately, even if we take it and break it down in a more simpler format, what's happening here at age 22 and 23 and 24 is what, what we call in astrology perfection years. Mm. So with perfection years, you know, in, in essence, what you do is every time you turn an age, you enter into a, a new, a different house. So at age 22, you're in the 11th house. So the 11th house is friends and, and your future, your hopes and wishes. I like to define the 11th house as show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is in the 11th house at 22, this is when we typically start to experience friends and people that we thought were our friends be ripped away from us. What is happening? I'm, I'm, I'm starting to become all alone. I'm, uh, me and my, me and my boyfriend or my girlfriend, we're, we're having problems. We're not together anymore, you know, because this is the house of people, like just people, your acquaintances, your friends, groups of people. And, but ultimately it's the house of your future. So at 22, is a big emphasis on your future. So what happens is life starts to rip people away because the 11th house is people, people away from you. So by the time you're 23, you'd be like, I'm all alone. Because mm-hmm. 23 is the 12th house perfection year. And we know that the 12th house is a lot of things that's going on spiritually and subconsciously. So when at age 23 in the 12th house perfection year, what ends up happening is people go through these uh, these they're undoing. They start to un- undo things within themselves subconsciously, things that uh, occurred in the childhood, things that have occurred in old relationships, things that have anything that have occurred that has occurred that no longer serves them for their new cycle. Because now we got to start all over. The first house, spring, we got to go right back into action. We right back at the first house. If it's if if you've gotten to the twelfth house and still have some things in your backpack that don't need to be there. You got to empty out your backpack. I like to say that the, the, the 12th house, it's like you going through TSA at the airport. The 12th house perfection gear is like take everything out your pockets, take your shoes off, take your hoodie off, put all electronic devices in this bucket, and you got to walk through that metal detector, and somebody's going to flag you down, too, because you can't get on the plane with anything that can't go on the plane. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the 12th house perfection gear is trying to make sure you're not taking anything that you don't need to take into your new cycle because you're going to start off back off at the first house perfection year. You got to go all the way around the wheel again. So that's what ends up happening. That is so interesting because that perfect, I mean, let me tell you if any of you listening are in that age group, like I haven't been through Saturn return yet, but I've been through those damn perfection years. They're not fun. (laughs) They can be like, it's, I mean, TSA is a good example. Going through TSA is a good example of what's happening there. Um, But also very transformational. I mean, a lot of where I am now in life is owed to those years and like the lessons I learned during those years. So I'm appreciative of them. But if someone said you can teleport to 22 tomorrow and do it all over again. I don't think that I would, but, um, so does that mean that there's another level of perfection years around like whatever, like 48? Yes. Okay. What happens is what happens is you continuously go through the, 
it would be the chart. So right. 24, you know, typically at 24, this is where people, this is some of the best years of people's lives, depending mm-hmm. on what they did in their 23rd profession year. Uh, and they're in their year 23. Um, this is where a lot, like I said, new beginnings, they have so much energy for life. They're like, wow, because you just got all that weight off you, you know? Um, and then you start to go into the second house at age 25, you know, you start to new money comes into your life. You may get a new job because we, we, what ends up happening is as we go through these ages, we end up taking on the responsibilities and taking on the focus of what that house encompasses. So you just keep on going around 26, the third house. And you keep on, you just keep on going around, keep on going around. Age 40, like, for example, age 40 is the fifth house, you know, because you just continuously go on around the wheel. That is so interesting because it's like you can see how those can be great years of people's lives. But also, like, people talk about quarter-life crisis, mid-life crisis. It correlates with those periods of time as well, like, that 22 to 25 or like 40, what that would be 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm showing, yeah. 40, yeah. Yeah. Like those like time periods of life where it's like, okay, like people go through like kind of a tougher transition. You can tell that something's mm-hmm. happening. Um, okay. Last like year that I've heard about percolating the Jesus year 35 or what is it? Like, is it 35? I think it's after the Saturn return um, that people talk about in astrology. What's that about? So with the Jesus year, I haven't really looked too much into that. If we're talking about 35, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't looked into the Jesus year. So maybe I'm, it's I'm a, also, <laughs> maybe it's made up. I'm not also well versed. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um because I'm also not that well-versed in, in, in Jesus as well. Because like I said, I always was into astrology, like I said, as a kid. I never yeah. um, divorced into religion like that. You know, tried to read the Bible, tried, you know, to read the Quran and stuff like that. It just wasn't clicking. So um, yeah. if, if they're talking about age 35, um, that that's when you go back into another 12-house perfection year. Um, um. And yeah. like I said, I'm not too well versed with the the path, the life path of Jesus that well. I didn't really get it too much into that. Into that. Um, I want to segue then into like some of the most damaging, like it could be myths or like misconceptions about astrology. Maybe like your top three that you're like, Ugh, like this is not correct. I wish that people would get this out of their head. The first one is that it's, demonic it's devilish it's forbidden you know because that's just another construct within itself to try to get people believe something so that so that if they if they're not believing in this then they don't have a choice but to believe in what you're feeding them so it's not demonic it's not devilish it's nothing wrong with it it's it's none of that uh another thing that uh probably um that i would say with astrology um is people that think, okay, if once I know this, now what? Like, okay, I know about myself. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that information? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, I I, I don't, I really don't, uh, I probably would say I don't like when people don't go deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, it's deeper than personality. It's deeper than just, than just, oh, this is how you think and this is how you talk. 
and this is the things you like, and this is some of your character features. It's, it's deeper than character and personality. That that kind of is another uh, misconception of astrology is, is, is that it's just personality-based. Right. And another um, thing I would probably say um, with astrology that probably... Uh, I don't really know uh, the third one. I would, I would, I would, I would probably say the. Um, I know exactly what it is. The now and and like what's going on in society now. The over, it's like very popular now, and it's becoming a thing. where now, anybody is doing it. Anybody has an opinion about it. Anybody can make a meme about it. Anybody can do this, and and it really it kind of bothers me a little bit that it's it's. I think it should be taken a lot more seriously than mm-hmm. just it's, oh, you're a Taurus and you're this and you're that, or oh, you have this in this house and people, I, I'm all for the fun aspects of it, but I think there should be some type of uh, uh, leave it to the professionals aspect to it as well, because yeah. it's like you got everybody just kind of just going haywire with it, you know, and it does take a an extreme, like I always tell people, if you was the shadow me for a day, yeah, and in terms of my world of the amount of information, you don't know the half of it. You mm-hmm. can't just go on a Google site. You can't pick up one book and you can't learn from one person and think that you got all of the information because we're talking about helping people on their spiritual journey. It's, it's, that's another one. It's more spiritual than people think it is. You're yeah. helping people on their, on their life's journey. Like that's a big deal. That should be taken very seriously. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of like people will learn about astrology um, and then they'll try to make super prescriptive like, oh, I never date like Virgos because they're too uptight or like, um, like, oh, don't live with a Pisces because they're going to be so emotional and crazy or whatever. And that's not true. Yeah, and it's not true. Um, uh, It's not true at all because there are negatives and positives of every sign like it's just like just because you've and it's oftentimes we only have access to such a small piece of someone's chart we don't have access to their whole birth chart um you know unless like I'm sure girls of most girls have tried um (laughs) figure out the whoever they're dating's full birth chart on the first date but I mean even if you have access to that you probably can't understand it I'm sorry but like Exactly. You know, it's just going online and finding a free natal chart isn't really going to cut it when you're like trying to find out all these intimate aspects of a person. It may get you closer, but you really Mm -hmm. do need to go to someone who's knowledgeable and has been vetted or has good recommendations before you really make any prescriptive, you know, judgments about anyone else or yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I and I also love that you took that's another component. So now my list is up to five, <laughs> you know, when, when they, they, the stereotypes, because, you know, we have to look deeper into the chart. You can have a Pisces now in the traditional um, key energetic indicators or key words to a Pisces is, you know, over emotional, um, you know, um, dramatic, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. You, you may meet a Pisces that's not that way. Why? They may have Saturn conjunct their sun where they're more grounded and more stable. They're not that all-over-the-place Pisces. So we, we do have to look at the chart deeper before we just just go off of things that we've Googled and just throw them or attach them to people. 
You totally. know, so yes, that's, that will be number five for me. Yeah. Um, okay. This is something that I like to ask everyone. Um, so what's like a little self-care thing you do, maybe something you do daily um, for your own like self-care? And then what's like a bigger investment thing, like your favorite, like maybe a retreat or something like that that you do for self-care? So for me, um, I I really stick with my element, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, this is what I've been teaching a lot of people lately. Um, your moon and rising tell you a lot about how you recover, how you take care of yourself, how you, how you, uh, you know, you kind of balance yourself out. So for me, I know I don't care if I'm gonna sit in the house all day. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Like my self care, it may sound funny, is I love to just sit in water. I'll just take a shower, and I'll just let the water just, just. I'll sit there for 25 minutes sometimes, just sitting with the water. Yeah. It soothes me. It resets me. It rejuvenates me. Um, I also make sure, you know, just typical stuff. I'm a tourist, so I, I make sure my hair is always in the line, <laughs> a line, you know, you know, different things like that. I always make sure, you know, with grooming. But that water is big for me, even to the point where if I'm uh, when I'm doing meditations or something, I have to turn on some type of waterfall, some type of rain shower to uh, clear my mind, things like that. And then when we talk about an investment that I make in terms of uh, self-care, um, definitely my favorite my favorite thing for rejuvenation, I'm actually about to do it again, is I like to go somewhere where there, where it's a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that's my, that's my element, water. Um, being on the beach uh, is a big investment for, for the healing of my body and the rejuvenation, getting my energy back. And also, I love that I'm a I'm a nonstop I'm a life path seven, so I'm a nonstop learner. I feel like that's self love too. Like by the amount of books and articles that I read is uh, is another way to uh, invest in myself as well. I, I, that's a never ending thing. I never am not reading something. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I have a lot of water in my chart too, so I resonate with that like water healing aspect. But I feel like, yeah, if you're a water sign, I'm sure you already know this about yourself, but definitely like, I mean, I feel like that's relevant to anyone. Like if they know what their, um, what their um, moon or rising sign is in the element of that, like really tapping into that for trying it out for their self care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because the moon is self-care. The moon yeah. is what we're comfortable and uncomfortable with. So like if you have your moon in an earth sign, like, uh, you know, you're probably a person that needs to hug a tree or ground yourself <laughs> <Right>. outside <laughs> or, you know, we'll take a walk in nature. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's so much to it. Moon and Sagittarius, they, they love to drive. They'll just get in a car and just drive. Mm-hmm. And that's very healing for them. That's therapeutic for them. You yeah, know? that's so interesting. Um, all right, Vonte, where can people find you and what do you have coming up that you want to plug really quick? Um, yeah. So you can find me on astrolegacy.com. That is my website where I have readings, I have classes, I have merchandise and t-shirts and coffee mugs and audio classes. You can also find me on clubhouse, Vonte underscore stay ahead, um, Twitter, Vonte stay ahead. Uh, Instagram, Vonte underscore what's next. And also an app that's similar to Clubhouse. It's called Spotify Green Room. You can uh, catch me on there, Vonte underscore stay ahead. My podcast that's on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, anywhere you find your podcast, real life astrology. Um, right now, I'm just, I'm continuously just working on the innovation of, of my business, you know, coming up with different products, different services. And um, this Friday, I'm going to be having a room on Clubhouse at 10 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's Pluto. And what area of your life people are jealous of you, where I'm going to be taking Pluto and going through the houses where you can find out where people may be a little bit intimidated or a little envious of you, depending on where you have Pluto in your chart. I have some uh, I have some uh, I have some uh, astrology jeopardy coming up. I got uh, the ABCs of astrology course coming up. This all these things are going to be done on Clubhouse. And again, I'm just constantly just innovating, uh, thinking of ways to make astrology uh everyday thing because it's literally our whole lives yeah um, that's me i love that i mean you guys you have to follow him on clubhouse um so much is being shared there um all of that is going to be linked in the show notes but he'll also be very easy to find because i saw that you're number one on um on google <laughs> search now so yeah yeah, yeah. that was crazy <laughs> yeah I was like, wow, let me Google myself. Whoa, I'm top search. I was like, wow. That's no, great. You got to find yourself. Like you got to go through you, you under an Amazon post or right. under something for iTunes. You know, I was right there. I was like, whoa. That's know, so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's keep you there. Um, Bonte, thank you so much. And um, we'll see everyone else next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Peace. <laughs>